body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Radosevich alongside Jacob Stinson and Cameron McLaren. And this totally isn't my third attempt at this intro, but we have an interesting week of sports ahead of us, of interesting weekend. It is rivalry week here for Michigan State football and Michigan State hockey. Michigan State football taking on Michigan. Everybody knows that already. Michigan State hockey taking on Ohio State. It's going to be an interesting weekend, ladies and gentlemen. East Lansing is going to be buzzing 100%. How you boys doing? I'm doing great. We just got back off the fall break. I went home for the for the weekend for the first time in what seems like forever. Uh, I got to go to the Blues game on Monday night against the Kings. Uh, good times. Uh, Blues still undefeated on the year, so nothing to complain about there. Yeah, I mean, my fall break wasn't really a break. I had to read pretty much 350 pages of books that I actually am not talking about this week for in my classes for some odd reason but yeah you talk about that Michigan Michigan State game it's going to be electric like we talked we kind of talked about it before it's kind of like a slow burn right now of the energy but things are going to be turning up a little bit tomorrow and then Friday and then Friday night's going to be a madhouse this city is going to be pretty much it's going to be electric yeah, for the residents of East Lansing, I guess we could say we're lucky that it's a 12 o'clock game because if this was 3.30, I would be a little worried. If this was a 7.30 start, oh, my God, oh, some be... something bad is happening if it was a 7.30 start. Yeah, the, the residents of East Lansing would not be having a very fun time. I myself, like, qualify as one technically because I, I live off campus and I know you do too, but it's like – yeah, the the people that are on the northern side of campus, on the northwestern side of campus too, like up where I live, yeah, they're pretty happy that this is not a seven o'clock game. <laughs> it's gonna be absolutely electric, and hopefully, we still bring some of this energy next week because we'll see what happens during the game. But we got something more important to talk about here on the podcast. We got some college hockey, more importantly, some MSU hockey. But first, we'll just take a look around the Big Ten. Uh, we'll start off with number one in the Big Ten standings right now, Michigan. They are number two in the country. They actually lost their first game against Western. They uh, split the series, but they did lose the first game two to five. So they dropped to number two in the country standings and five to one overall. So they're still looking really good. Uh, Minnesota is now number seven, actually getting swept by Minnesota Duluth. So they dropped from, I'm pretty sure, number four in the standings to number seven overall in the country. And they're actually second to last in the Big Ten right now just because they face a lot of non-conference competition. So don't look at their 3-3 three and three record and 6 in the Big Ten and go like, wow, Minnesota isn't good. What's going on? No, that's just a lot of, lot of very hard non-conference games to start the season. Um, sitting at number 14th in the country is now Notre Dame. Congratulations, Notre Dame. You are now ranked. They are third in the Big Ten right now, sitting at 4-1. and one. And uh, wait, what? What do you look at? No, we good? Okay, sweet. I... I don't know if I missed. I thought they were ranked last week. They were ranked last week. They were thirteenth. Okay, they, wait, they were thirteenth last week. So they got bumped yeah. down a spot, I think. Okay, thank you. Because I that's what I was thinking. What that what that confusion look was. Okay, so they got bumped down, not hyping or not hyping Notre Dame up, and then um, Penn State is also getting some love. They received the second most votes outside of the uh, top twenty rankings. They sit at five and one and second in the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State is fourth in the Big Ten at three and one. Michigan State is fifth in the Big Ten at three, two, and one, and then Wisconsin dead last, two and four overall in the Big Ten. Like, 
oh man, it's it's not looking good for Wisconsin as they got swept by the number one team in the country, St. Cloud State, this weekend. So once again, Wisconsin also has some tough non-conference games, but they're sitting at two and four right now and not looking like the best team. But um, that's that's a look at the Big Ten overall. I know I kind of scrambled around, but you know, there there it is. There it sits for you. But Michigan State had some action last weekend. They traveled to University of Massachusetts Lowell. The first game, they tied 2-2. The next game, they lost 0-4. So we got some games to talk about, gentlemen. And uh, let's just jump right into it. Game one, like I said, a 2-2 tie. This was pretty much the Drew DeRitter show. He he went absolutely off. Uh, the shots were 39-17 to in favor of Lowell. And DeRitter stopped 37 of the 39, which was good enough to make him the uh, second Big Ten star of the week. So congratulations, Drew DeRitter, on that one game standing on your head performance there. Uh, some other notes of the game, MSU actually went 1-5 on the power play with Davidson getting his fourth goal, which now leads the team. So somebody who transferred, immediately making impact, that's what you love to see. And this is actually the fifth power play goal of the year, which uh, matches last season's total. So there's there's that to note. Um, MSU also went 5-5 five five on the penalty kill. And as of this, as of the first game, it was at 91.3%, which is 10th best in the nation, which, hey, that's got to count for something because last year it was 78% and it was not looking too good. And this was actually, or they haven't allowed a power play goal since the first game against Air Force. Did you guys, like, is, does that feel weird? Yeah. A little weird. It's just like, a little bit. it's like, yeah, first game. Haven't scored a power play goal, but that this is game one. Disregard that in game two. We got some other notes to talk about. But game one still. Freshman David Gucciardi scored his first goal. It was a nice goal. Uh, Griffin Lockerin from below the goal line shifted it up towards the left side faceoff dot, and then Gucciardi just roofed it right over the goalie's, I think it was blocker, if I'm remembering that right. I saw a clip of it. Really nice goal. But... um. The game-tying goal from Lowell came in the third. MSU was up 2-1, to one, and uh, Lowell did come back to tie it late, and then that game ended in a tie. And a nice little stat to look at, there are seven newcomers for Michigan State on this roster this year, and they account for half of the team's total goals. That's 7 out of 14. That's something that you love to see. We talked the first episode about how we want to see these guys right away contribute to the team, and they're doing it, and Michigan State is winning games because of it, so... Sorry for that long-winded uh, statistical read-off there, but gentlemen, what do you guys got for game one? I mean, you know, you came away with a 2-2 tie, which is about as good of an opportunity as you could possibly like hope for, given, you know, the shot totals and the way things were going. Uh, I mean, you can talk about Drew DeRitter all you want, getting that, um, you know, standing on his head. It's exactly like last year uh, in that regard. But my concern mainly is with the offense, uh, just because it seemed like, this weekend, they somewhat kind of reverted to last season form. Um, and you just weren't getting offense from guys that were on the roster last year more than anything. I mean, the only goals from Gucciardi and Davidson. Um, but, like, even throughout the season, really, I think they just need to work on getting more offense from guys that were actually on the roster last year. I mean, Lewandowski has gotten a few assists so far this year and is putting up points on his own. But as for the rest of the roster, it's just not... I don't think it's been quite up to par, and it just isn't sustainable for like over the course of a whole season. If you're only getting your offense from Davidson or, um, say like Lockerin or whoever else like that, so that's been my biggest focus there. 
so you're saying you love the the new contribute or the contribute of the uh the new players i yeah. can't talk fairly yeah. but you want to see the people that have been on the roster perform more you want to see right. them score more than just half of the team's goals at this point right because i mean those those um the new people we're talking about here yeah they're scoring half the team's goals but that's only like three people we're talking about here that have even seen the ice in general um so like if three people are scoring half your team's goals unless that unless it's like last year's cole caulfield three times we're talking about that's not a formula for success long term so I want to see the rest of the, the roster step it up going forward. Yeah, I mean, a few things that I you can take away from this game is, like you said, you, you want more depth scoring is basically what you're trying to say here because right. you, you've got it with a few guys. You talk about Lochran being on that first line, uh, Gucciardi being on the second D pairing. Good for him getting his first goal because he did whiff on a massive uh, shot that he had either in that first Miami game or that second Air Force game where he could have gotten his first goal. But good for him on that. Um, you don't want Michigan State trying to turn into a one-trick pony, and we kind of take a look. I had a few things that I wanted to say, but um, the first thing I will say is good job on Drew DeRitter. 37 saves. He was put in that situation a lot last year. He had to sit, He had seven games where he had 35 or more saves, including a 51-save performance and a 5-1 loss to these Ohio State Buckeyes that they're facing this week. 51 saves. He still gave up five goals. 51 saves and a 5-1 loss? What? Yeah, last year. But the thing is, is his record last year when facing 35 or more was 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. You don't Ridiculous. expect to be making a – that's pretty much a 500 stat line. That I don't know how ties work into it. I think it's like a .6. But it's – you don't expect to have even a close to 500 record when you're facing 35 or when you have to make 35 or more saves in a game. So good for him. Congrats to him. But as we said, like, we look at it good on the penalty kill, good on the power play. They did everything that they needed to right, except win the game. And the, the main reason you can kind of look at it. The main reason they lost is shot disparity. I mean, you keep putting pucks on nets, the old cliche. One of them is bound to go in. And that's a party foul, Jacob. Sorry, I'm <laughs> the sorry. phone that's a party has been foul. dropped on the desk. No, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. Forget that happened. <laughs> that I, never I, happened. No, note to future Ryan. Edit this out. Oh, so. I'm not. No, that's they did. I'm uh, too lazy. Fine, fine. <laughs> before I go on a long tangent, you, you know, you throw a puck on that. One of them is bound to go in. But and UMass Lowell had plenty of opportunities to tie this game. They did with under two minutes left. Michigan State got dominated in that overtime period until they got to that penalty that happened in the overtime, rang one off the bar, I'm pretty sure. And then, you know, you take a tie. Your first road game, you take a tie. But as we were seeing, we talk a little bit about game two. It was just kind of a completely different story. Yeah, and speaking of game two, uh, not really too much to talk about. MSU does drop that game 0-4, to four, the first time not scoring a goal all season in the game. Uh, the shots were... A little bit better, and not in MSU's favor, but at least a little bit closer. Uh, Thirty-one to thirty-seven in favor of Lowell. MSU did go zero for six on the power play, which you've seen the trends from other games. They usually get at least one power play goal, and this is six opportunities, which I think ties their most or is their most power play opportunities. But they they got blanked, so that didn't count towards anything. Uh, UMass Lowell did go one for five on the power play, breaking a streak of uh, MSU's 14, uh, 14 PKs in a row. So 
there's something uh, special teams for the Spartans. The PK was doing very good, and they did let one for five in. Was that God? They had ten power plays in two games. That's that's a lot. That's something that you know you might want to cut down on. But uh, Pierce Charleston did make this start. He made 27 out of 31 saves, and I feel like it wasn't really his fault this game. But you know, he did let in four goals, and MSU did lose zero to four. So that was a whole entire recipe. Yeah, you talk a little bit like about the penalties. I asked uh, Danton Cole about that, and he basically said, you know, taking five penalties a game is okay if it's oh. the right if it's the right kind of penalties. This is college hockey. You're gonna get ticky tack for certain things. There were some calls in both games that were kind of questionable. I'll just I'll just say that questionable. But it's it's all about what kind of penalties you're taking. You don't want to take those offensive zone stick checking penalties for a slash or a hooking, and you also don't want to take two power play or two penalties on. I'm pretty sure one delayed penalty. Or you don't want to take a penalty on a delayed penalty. That actually happened. I think oh that happened. God. I'm I'm gonna look it up real quick, but I'm pretty sure it happened. What was it? Yeah, I feel like there yeah. were a couple five <laughs> on threes in the uh, oh, in man. the second game. Uh, both Krieger and Pap holding and slashing i think pap or one of them was going off originally and i they took a penalty on the on the delayed penalty which is something that's just a cardinal sin in hockey but yeah it's all about the the certain penalties that they're taking you don't want to take the retaliatory or the lazy penalties and they felt like uh cole felt like they didn't necessarily take those it was just you know maybe some of the dumb penalties some of the ones that you shouldn't take but Five penalties a game is kind of a given in this like three to five range. MSU was one of the most penalized teams all of last year. I think they ranked sixth in the Big Ten in terms of penalty minutes per game at like fifteen to eighteen. It was kind of six in country, right? Six in the in the Big Ten. In the big six. So like second most. In the... Second most. Essentially, there we go. Okay. that's yep. what it was. Yep. But they they took like eighteen minutes of penalties a game. But it, there were a couple of you know ten minuteers, some majors, and all of that but yeah i'll i'll leave that and then we'll go on and i'll get to my takeaways you got anything for game two jacob i mean it's still kind of it, it kind of in contrast to game one it kind of just shows what happens when you go back to that last year play style like i was talking about where you kind of just say you know let's just hope our goalie you know bails us out of a game or like we can get a close one here um and this is just what happens when you don't get it you can't be too reliant on them i mean the shots were a little closer but like you, I mean, you can't expect Pierce Charleston or Drew DeRitter to bail you out every night, and this is just what happens when they didn't. I mean, they don't, Charleston didn't have the strongest game of his career, but I mean, they got to put pucks on net and they got to get good chances, and they just didn't do that. Yeah, it it was just. I I'm just now looking back at kind of like what I said last week on the pod and what I put in the the preview for this week's game. UMass Lowell will win if they can score on the power play, which which they did in game two. But if you take a look at it, it's kind of deceiving a little bit because that four nothing scoreline, I'm pretty sure two or UMass Lowell no doubt won the special teams battle. You give up a shorthanded goal on a or Michigan State to make it three nothing. UMass Lowell converts shorthanded on a goal that was also going to be called a penalty, no matter what, for a hooking, I believe, on Nodler. Um, let me actually look home or away. Yeah, it was going to be on Nodler, but the UMass opened the scoring on the power play, and then Michigan State killed off 
I believe, a f- the five-on-three that had the the penalty on the delayed penalty. And then immediately after, 12 seconds after, Luis Condotta scores for Lowell to make it 2 nothing, And then you have the shorthanded goal. And then even the even-strength goal, I'm pretty sure. No, the even-strength goal was actually an even-strength goal. So pretty much, if you t- when you talk to hockey coaches, pretty much, taking a penalty in the second period is probably one of the worst things because even if you can't if you can't clear that puck out of the zone with under 5 seconds on that power play you're stuck with whoever's on the ice so t- basically tw- a goal that happened 12 seconds after the penalty expired i still count that as a power play goal just because you have you may have tired guys on the ice you may have the wrong set of guys on the ice depending on who's coming out of the box and it's just so Lowell won the special teams battle, and that was the only way that they were going to win a game. So I, I would like to pat myself on the back for correctly predicting that. So, so those are those two games, MSU with the tie and the loss on the weekend. And we got some more hockey to preview. Michigan State travels to Columbus, Ohio to take on the Buckeyes on uh, Friday at 6 p.m. and Saturday at 2 p.m. That is correct. Yes, yes, there we go. So uh, we got a couple games to look at. And hey, let's get right into it. So Ohio State, they are right now three and one. Uh, they had a impressive sweep sweep against UConn, but they haven't played since that weekend. That weekend was October fifteenth and sixteenth, so they're off a little bit of a bye. If you want to use some football terms, uh, Ohio State is the third best in the nation at allowing the least amount of shots, ninety one. Which that in four games, I mean, obviously they had a week off, but four games, ninety one shots, that's decent and. Just put that into perspective, MSU's played two more games, but they've allowed 203. So there's something to note. Last year, these two teams split their season series two to two. And uh just some dudes to watch, some skaters to watch on Ohio State. Uh Tate Singleton leads the team right now with three goals and two assists. And freshman Jakob Dobesh. Yes, yes, yes. Got that name right. Let's go. Right now, he is a freshman goaltender with a .90 save percentage in two games played, which is very, very, very impressive. Sure, it's two games, but that's something you definitely got to watch out for. So, gentlemen, what do you guys got in this series? I mean, yeah, Ohio State is just a very underrated team. I mean, it's been a very strange situation so far with their goaltending, um, which I thought has been interesting. It's I, There's Ryan Snowden. Is, I think he's a junior. Um who's played a while elite name by the way got to point that out <laughs> um but so he he has not had very elite playing goal though so far yeah. looks like he's only posted about an 878 save percentage on the year about a three and a half goals against um so it just hasn't has not been very good to be blunt uh and played in that loss against Bentley as well uh their only loss in the year but um, by contrast Dobesh has been just on another level and it's funny because I, because um, he went to high school like at one of my rival schools back in St. Louis, um, Desmet for anybody that's familiar with the area, um, and he was still just like a cheat code back in high school too, like knocked my high school out of the final four and all this. It was, it, it, he was just on another level then. It's obviously translating so far this year. So uh, I'm really curious to see how this goaltending situation is going to work out for them going forward, because both have played in at least two games so far. So I'm curious to see how long it is till they give Dobish the full-time nod. Yeah, I mean, Dobish played, or he, he faced 18 shots in the 7-1 victory over Bentley. So you only face 18 shots, you only let in one goal. Okay, pitter-patter, let's get at it, right? 
he was their main saving grace against UConn. Ohio State was down three nothing, heading into like in the third period. I'm pretty sure Dobish comes in after I believe Snowden gives up that third goal. He goes clean through that game, and then he stops 32 the next night and blanking UConn and getting his first shutout in his first three career games. I'm pretty sure he's a yeah. freshman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's looked very good. He has looked very, very good. I still think that Snowden at least gets one game this week or this weekend, but it all depends on which game that is because, you know, Big Ten play, the, the, the games matter just a little bit more. So do they do they start him game one to try to, you know, get him, get a, almost a guaranteed victory in his eyes with the way that he's playing? Or do they start him in game two if they feel like, okay, they can beat Michigan State, you know, in a pretty even five on five battle or based on the based on the eye test, essentially. So that that's gonna be something to look out for, especially because we've talked a lot about Pierce Charleston and Drew DeRitter, and DeRitter's got the numbers to be he's a top five goaltender right now in the nation, just based on goals against average and save percentage. I'm or at least in save percentage. Cause I had to look that up. But with with Pierce giving up those four goals, it's like okay, everybody has their bad nights. You two are goalies, so like you have your bad games. But it's like this could be something to watch develop. Is okay? Does Snowden get better because Dobash is better, and so they become a good goalie tandem that kind of rivals what Michigan State has? Because not gonna lie, in excuse me, in the Big Ten, there's usually a few teams that have a pretty decent goalie tandem. We saw last year with. Wisconsin, they had Cameron Rowe and then Robbie Baydoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they were pretty good. And then you had Strauss Mann and Eric Portillo at Michigan. Of course, Portillo didn't play a lot, but usually you have your your lone wolf and most of these teams, and then you have like one or two Big Ten teams that has a very good goalie tandem. So that's going to be something to watch. Is all right? Does Snowden keep up with Dobash, or does Dobash run away with it? Yeah, I feel like, I mean. You got to go with Dobesh in both games. I feel. I feel like they'll. You know, the coach will give the junior the nod one game. But just looking at the eye test, the stats. If I was the coach, I would go with Dobesh because, like, that's that's two games he one game he stole, and then the other game he just you know performed adequately. So, well, the other thing is, is you do have to look at uh, Ohio State's schedule because they do play uh, three yeah. games against Big Ten opponents, and then they go immediately back to Mercyhurst. And then they also play non-conference against Long Island and Bowling Green. So it's you have a little bit of liberty here to where you can do really well in Big Ten, but maybe you take a little bit of liberties during your non-conference play to see exactly who you've got. So especially around Christmas time, that'll be something to really look out for as they play Bowling Green and Long Island to end the year and start the year technically because they play on um, New Year's Day. But that's going to be something to really look out for in the second half of the season. So just a preview of that. And speaking of preview, sorry, I should have mentioned this. Uh, Big 10 versus Big 10 hockey is now underway. This weekend starts the first Big 10 matchups in the Big 10. So should have said that earlier, but slipped my mind. My bad. But uh, we'll move on here. We got the blank wins if segment. Jacob Stinson, MSU will win some games if they do what? Uh, The Michigan State Spartans will win this game if they win the first period. Um, Just based off of situational records. Uh, when they're leading after one, the uh, Spartans are 2-0-1 so far this year. Uh, and Cam's already given me the look like he already picked that idea too. Ohio State is 1-1 one one when they're trailing after one. Um, 
and they got they were only down one nothing after the first period um in that loss to Bentley so I think really it's just if they can get the lead on them early and not have to play kind of an uphill battle for the entire game they got a good shot they'll they'll come out with the win I think yeah, I can't find the situational records in the uh, game notes for Ohio State. That was something that I was thinking about is the first period, but I'm going to go with just my bread and butter of what I've heard Danton Cole say. Uh, it's whoever wins the special teams battle. So if Michigan State wins the special teams battle, um, he he told me or he told at his press conference that the team that has won the special teams battle has won every game that Michigan State has played this year. Yeah. So – Michigan State, you know, you have a pretty decent power play. As you said, you got five goals on the year in only five games. It took them 27 games last year to do that. So that's kind of just goes to show exactly how bad of a year last year was. And we can all say that because we all covered them and we were there and through the thick of it. So if Michigan State wins the special teams battle, they should be able to win this game. This is a pretty this is a very good test to see. Okay. How good is this team, especially on the power play, because the Big Ten is a very different style of play. It's a lot more physical. So that kind of neat passing and stuff is gonna go away. So you're gonna you're gonna real you're gonna see the real meat and bones of this team on the power play. Okay, if you were looking for the like exact records for uh the special teams for MSU, um so there isn't exact there isn't an exact like, oh, they win the special teams battle, they're this, but um, for example, if they score on the power play, MSU is two zero and one this year. Um, if they allow a power play goal, they're zero and two. Yep. Hey, that that kind of confirms it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for me, Michigan State will win a game or two if I'm basically gonna harp the same drum, harp the same drum. That's definitely that's beat the same drum. There we go. Harp the same harp. Is that even a harp on the same point? There we yeah. go. Okay, so I just mixed two different things together. Anyways, back back to uh, blank what's up. Michigan State will win if, like Cameron said, I think they win the special teams battle. And if they win the special teams battle, rather, they'll win some games. But I'll add on to it since, you know, I don't want to say the same exact thing. I'd say it goes further than the special teams. I'd say play a complete game. Play a complete game better than Ohio State, your offense, your defense, and your special teams. So just just get back to playing the complete games that you played against Air Force and Miami. Obviously, two lesser opponents to Lowell, but it worked. It looked better, and they kind of got exposed against Lowell. And, yeah, I think if they just get back to what they did in the first four games, they'll have a good chance. So Ohio State wins if they do what, Jacob? I'm going to keep it very simple. I have Ohio State wins if they start Dobish. That's it. Enough <laughs> said. Move on. He started both games? Oh, well, whichever game he starts, I'm, okay. I think Ohio State's going to win. Okay. Enough said. I mean, I'm trying to find something where it's like, I mean, Michigan State, it's just such a small sample size where it's like, okay, uh, I guess the one lone stat you could look at is uh, when Michigan State's trailing after one period, they're 1-0-1. It's not really that good of a, like, it's not really that good of a stat. I was a stat guy last year, so I'm trying to, like, figure that out because everything that I'm looking at, it's just, just, like, very contradictory to what I know. Like, Michigan State has an over 500 record when being outshot or having or allowing more than 30 shots so it's like um honestly i'm just gonna go with jacob if dobesh starts this this is kind of a wrap that that kid's the, playing out of his mind and the numbers speak for themselves it, yeah it's the the kid's a cheat code um but that yeah i mean you could say the special teams battle for both ways but i'm not gonna do that i'm not prim but i'm just gonna say dobesh you gotta ride the high hand 
So if Dobesh starts, it's going to be a very close game. I think Ohio State wins if they get under MSU's skin. And the reason why I say that is because this is the first Big Ten matchup. I don't think we've seen some chippiness in the first six games, but I don't think we've seen a true like, you know, people getting under each other's skins. We haven't seen Jagger Joshua take any, uh, you know, after the whistle penalties yet. We haven't really seen anything that really replicates Big Ten hockey. So I feel like this is Big Ten hockey. You know, it's the the intensity is going to be there. It's a rivalry game, MSU and OSU. So I think if OSU gets under MSU's skin, then they could cause some some damage. Yeah, so you're looking forward to the, some like egregious, you know, take somebody off of your Christmas card list style of play, essentially. Quite possibly, yes. Because I mean, we're not at we're not at Valentine's Day yet. I mean, Christmas card season is coming. We're not even at Halloween yet. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, once well, this series ends, it's or actually no, you know, somebody's not getting Halloween candy. Is what you're go. trying to say this weekend? Is on the way out of Columbus. Michigan State's not going trick or treating with with the Buckeyes. <laughs> somebody's getting the milk duds, and somebody else is getting like the Snickers bar, the full family size. That's oh, yeah. yeah. They're handing out snack size, and then it's like Ohio State. Yeah, we're leaving with king size. It's like all right. Okay, so we get on that, yeah. 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 Okay, sweet. <laughs> I wanted to throw that in there because that was that was on the no, broadcast. We, we, we got on the broadcast all the time last year. Was me talking about, oh yeah, somebody laid a big hit in the corner. Yeah, they're getting left off of the Valentine's Day cards. They're not. Go- they're not staying on the same level at the hotel at the Big Ten tournament. See, that's what you're. Mi- if you guys are listening to our live calls on Impact's radio station, that's what you're missing. Some in depth. Yeah, they good will calls. be back. We, yeah, we will. They, we they will, will be, be back. back we're soon. in the. We're in the works. Yes. Yes. So uh, a look at the schedule up next, like we've talked about a bunch, is the OSU series on Friday. It, the game starts at 6, and on Saturday, the game starts at 2. A little bit of a weird time, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. The next series after that, though, is the home-and-home home against Michigan. So November 5th on Friday, there is no time set, but that game will be at Ann Arbor. And then November 6th, the following day, Saturday, no time set on that, but that will be at Mon Ice Arena. So that's going to be very interesting series. I say that with a little bit of doubt, but I mean, hey, it's it's a rivalry game. You you never know what happens, even if one of the teams may have half of an NHL roster. But other than that, um, we're gonna jump right in to the pick'em. I wish we had some hype music, man. I wanted to just like play something off my phone, but I know that sounds like awful, so I'm not gonna do that. But we got the pick'em, so Jacob. I didn't say anything. Oh, I, uh, I was gonna say, oh, like, you can, can you get copyright on acapella? Because I, I would just, I would just do the like, the like, the like family <laughs> feud sing? theme where it's like, doo, doo, or no, no, I was about to start singing something else. Um, we get the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do 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 do. No. Okay. I'm September. Oh God. It's like we just get copyrighted. What? I don't know what. Okay. I don't know what's going on anymore. Let's get into the pickup. So an update on the standings. Um. Last week, we all got two points for picking Penn State sweep over Niagara. Uh, Cam and I actually got a little bit of points back on Jacob. We picked St. Cloud State sweeping Wisconsin, so that's two points for us. And then uh, none of us got points for MSU and Lowell because one of them was a tie. I feel like maybe we might want to change the rule so we could get some points there, but it's kind of complicated, so, you know, I don't know. But anyways... Let's get into the first. Oh, not anyway. Sorry. I got to update. I, there there was, I almost finished updating, but I didn't. I cut myself off. So I'm sitting in last right now with eight points. Cameron McLaren getting closer. Jacob with 11 and Jacobson comfortable at 14 right now. But who knows? And we, we got some points back this week. 
something might happen. Or we got sports fed last week. Something might happen this week. We'll see. We'll see. The first game on the slate. Pretty good one. Ranked matchup in the Big Ten to open up Big Ten Hockey Week. We got number seven, Minnesota, taking on number 14, Notre Dame. Jacob, who you got? I got a split. Um, you guys obviously in looking at the the document do not agree with me, but I'm not that high on Minnesota this year. I mean, they they'll I don't I'm I'm not too high on Minnesota and I am more high on Notre Dame than I think most people or than I think you guys are at least. I Notre Dame's been good this year. Uh and Minnesota has still has split a lot of a lot of games this year, and I think this weekend's gonna be no different. So I'm gonna take the split. You do have me a little bit on the record, like in terms of Notre Dame being that good. I'm not super high on Minnesota this year as I was last year, but I'm even less high on Notre Dame. I don't like they're just one of those teams where it's like they compete in games that they shouldn't compete in and they don't compete in games that they should be competing in. It's kind of weird because their one loss on the season was a three to two overtime loss against RIT. They beat Northern Mish. They beat Michigan Tech. Beat Long Island. It's it's Long Island. I'm sorry to say that. If my gra- if my grandfather is listening, I'm I'm sorry because he's from Long Island. But uh, and then they beat RIT six nothing. So it's gonna be a weird test for them because I still think Minnesota is the better team on paper, and I'm pretty sure they're the better team on the ice. So with that being said, and my complete disdain for Notre Dame, uh, I've got Minnesota in a sweep. I also have Minnesota for a sweep. I I like them this year. They return a lot. They don't lose, you know, monumental pieces like Wisconsin did, and they've proven that they could still hang with the big guys. Notre Dame, I I want to say they feel like a fraud, but they've proven themselves already. I feel, there's just something in my mind that doesn't really trust them yet, and that's why I'm going with the Minnesota sweep. So hopefully it gets me two points there. But the next series is, hey, it would have been a, a matchup that you highlighted at the beginning of the year, but now it's... Not looking like a matchup you would really care too much about. Number two, Michigan takes on Wisconsin. Gentlemen, who you got? Yeah, so the reason Cam was talking about, or, and Ryan both were talking about catching up to me in the standings, was because I made the uh, the crucial mistake of still thinking Wisconsin is good. Um, so Against St. Cloud State, though. That, yeah, now they're number one. Yeah, so. yeah I, so I'm not making this mistake again. Uh, give me a Michigan sweep. Yeah, it's Michigan. Uh, they did get completely dominated in game one against Western, and then I think they squeaked it out 3-2 to two in overtime against Western in that second game. I'm not too sure, but uh, Wisconsin doesn't have the run-and-gun firepower like they used to last year, so Michigan st- or Michigan got down 4-1 to one pretty quickly in that game, I think through the second period against Western, so... Wisconsin's going to need to replicate that if they want any chance of being on the same playing field as Michigan. But to me, I don't think that happens. They graduated a lot. They don't have Cole Caulfield. The Cole Caulfield effect is real. I mean, we saw the Canadians go to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, You could say it's also the Corey Corey Perry effect. (laughs) And... Two in a row, and and you lost both. Where is he at now? Oh, he's in Tampa. Yeah, he's in Tampa. Oh. That's going to be interesting. See if he makes it three in a row. It helps for my prediction before the season started of the the Knights winning the cup because we know the Lightning aren't winning it anymore. Yeah, because Corey Perry's on their team. But exactly. back to Cole Caulfield. Uh, Cole Caulfield's in the NHL, and now Wisconsin does not have Cole Caulfield. Therefore, Michigan, who has an NHL roster, is I got them in a sweep. 
I think if uh, Wisconsin somehow puts a really nice disguise onto Cole Caulfield, it's Halloween, you know, maybe they could get away with it and have him skate down on the ice. Maybe they have a chance, but I'm taking Michigan 100% for the sweep here. I think they they didn't get exposed against Western, but they, they got brought down to earth. So there is a chance. I think Wisconsin has one close game, but give me give me Michigan in the sweep. Yeah, you talk about that Halloween costume idea. The only thing good that I will say is that Jordan Bennington is a master oh, no. at the at being a con artist on the ice in terms of his disguise to celebrate with the team after their what the third win of the season where he dressed up as somebody else. He got his Oh yeah. He he no, dressed was, up in I appreciate sure it was preseason, right? Yeah, that was, it was, that was preseason. a preseason game. Yeah. yeah. He dressed up as another player using his jersey and everything was and it was, it was, I think it was like number 51 yeah oh uh, yeah he's in the age all but know. it was super funny because you see it mic'd up and you see the the video cameras following him and his teammates are like oh yeah and then they realize it's bennington on the ice because he wasn't even playing he was right. like wait did he dressed. actually go out and skate yeah that's hilarious well, he skated after the game Oh, like, okay, okay. So I thought he just skated for the game. I'm like, how no, is that be even hilarious. possible? <laughs> the Blues didn't, did not run Bington out there at defense. That would have been hilarious. Well, I wonder what Bington's slap shot's like. Go to play the go to or deploy the the one one or the one two two trap. There you go. Exactly. Okay, next game on the list here. We got a one game showcase. Penn State takes on number six North Dakota at a neutral. Ice Arena, uh, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, yes. yes. I should have wrote that down, but whatever. Test the memory on that. But one game here. Who you guys got? I got North Dakota. Um, Dakota. Yeah. It. I mean, Penn State's a good team. Like they've played solid so far this year, but they're not. They're not North Dakota's level. Give me the. Give me the the Fighting Hawks. Now they are right. Yeah. Not the Fighting Sioux. The Fighting Hawks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm just gonna say it's North Dakota. North Dakota. Uh, there's there's nothing said. I don't believe in PSU. I think this game kind of kind of rivals. I'm bringing all the football references, but like an early season non conference matchup of two teams that are like on the rise, doing good. I think it's going to be a really really close game. But give me North Dakota, and that's my analysis. <laughs> okay, moving on. The game of the week: MSU takes on Ohio State at Ohio State's barn. Who you got, Jacob? I got a split. Um, I mean, my thing really is, I don't think Wisconsin or not Wisconsin, uh, Ohio State really has their goalie situation figured out quite yet. Um, and so I think that combined with, um, Ohio State not playing a game in about two weeks come Saturday or Friday. Um, I think MSU is going to kind of catch them lacking a little bit in that first game, and then they'll come. Then Ohio State, well, they'll bring Dobas in, and then they'll, uh, and then they'll come back and win the second game. But as of right now, I got to split. If this was, like, I'm just going to say this. If this was MSU versus Dobash, it would be, you know, like a split between Michigan State and Dobash. But, like, it's it's Ohio State. I wish that, like, we could separate the two. That'd be hilarious because then I would pick a Michigan State sweep just because it's it would be funny. But, no, I've got, I've got a banana split on this one. Ohio State and Michigan State always play hard um, besides the 5-1 game last year. But we don't really talk about that. Um but yeah, I just I Michigan State will have a fire um within them after going 0 one and one last weekend against Lowell against a team that, you know, is better than them, I I think on paper. 
and kind of competing with them, they'll they'll have some belief that they could be a team like Ohio State that maybe doesn't ha- that maybe has a lot more question marks than Michigan State has right now. So I think they'll take one, and then Dobesh will take one. Um, I'm not saying the Buckeyes, but I think Dobesh himself <laughs> will pull a Drew DeRitter or a John Lethman and just absolutely stand on his head and win a game for the Buckeyes and go one and one. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode of the Jakob Dobesh uh, fan club, fan, fan club it's hour. Two games he's played. <laughs> two games. He's a freshman in two games. Three. Oh, he's, oh he, he, he appeared. came in. Yeah, yeah. He appeared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you single-handedly beat the UConn Huskies, who the only thing that they have going for them right now is women's basketball and maybe hockey. Like Probably not anymore, though. Uh, I mean, it, it used to also be men's basketball, but... Kemba. Yeah, Kemba graduated. After Kemba left. Yeah. Cardiac Kemba graduated. Cardiac Kemba made me cry at a restaurant one night. Not I fun. like how we were all ready for that, too. Yeah, yep. Kemba Walker left, so no more. <laughs> okay, so I got a split as well. I think they're two very, very evenly matched teams. I think they're going to finish, you know, neck and neck in the standings. Um, They split the last, or they split last year's series two to two. I'm going simple, going with the split. And that wraps up our pickums for this week. Hopefully next week when we update the standings, Cam and I are a little bit closer to Jacob, but I mean we only False. we only had we only had one pick difference, so it's really pulling strings here or pulling threads here. But um we're we're moving on. We're moving out of here. Thanks guys for listening to Behind the Mask. A little bit of an outro though. We got Cameron writing the preview for the Ohio State matchup. That'll be up soon. And we got Zach Slowick, who is not here, who joined us last week. Thank you, Zach, for joining us last week. He's writing the weekend recap, so look at Impact's website for those. And then when they also go interrupting here. Um, yes. For the other or for non hockey related sports that I'll be with, um, I will be going to go write for the MSU versus Michigan football game this Saturday. So uh, keep an eye out for that too. I will be at the game. I'll be um, writing something. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Bring a poncho, bud, because I don't know if you'll be oh, outside or inside, or you may want to dress warm just in case. Yeah, it'll be a good idea. Yeah. Oh, don't don't. That'll be fun. Not it, the rain. It, it was a, oh, it was no. a good way for free tickets. I did not have <laughs> tickets otherwise. That is true. True tickets are. Oh my goodness. Wait, you did right not now. get tickets? No, I was a little late to the party on that one. Okay, and I I will say this. Last thing I knew for those of y'all listening who actually want like care to know about this, student tickets were selling for two fifty. Just yeah. to this game. Right. Just student section. And tickets. usually usually they sell for this game at around one hundred thirty five, hundred forty because people want to get their their money back from uh there's the season admission pass mm-hmm. because nobody really like pays tickets to go watch Michigan State play Maryland like I'm sorry Maryland but it's, it's Maryland. whatever <laughs> but like just for student tickets it's 250 I wouldn't like I don't want to see what the 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 black market for tickets is for this game oh you for should... regular games oh yeah if you want to fun if you want to exercise and fun just go check out StubHub right now they're every oh, ticket's going for like yeah, upper bowl is probably going for like at least five hundred right now. No, I've yeah, I've seen like five hundred plus for outside student section. Like it is ridiculous. Number six versus number eight, both seven and zero. Oh, it's gonna be absolutely buzzing in East Lansing this weekend. Like, oh my god, I cannot wait. Oh, so we good, gentlemen? I think we are. Yeah, we could definitely go on for another hour about this game and some other MSU stuff. But we're gonna wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode four. Yeah. Yeah, it says it right up there. I should have read that for episode four of season 10 of Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Radosevich alongside Jacob Simpson and Cameron Claren. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.